in case you missed it, my book Anatomy of Abundance hit the market and it is officially an Amazon bestseller. We couldn't have done it without your help. Thank you for being here and supporting me. If you haven't picked up your copy, pick it up today. Learn how to transcend the limits of scarcity and rewrite your life's narrative, transforming it into a story of boundless prosperity and fulfillment with Anatomy of Abundance. Join renowned author Petrina Wisdom and 16 Brilliant Minds on a Transformative Journey. Discover awe-inspiring narratives and empowering strategies to attain abundance in relationships, career, health, and wealth. Every purchase breathes life into a remarkable cause, donating book proceeds to the Shine Organization. Shine Organization empowers sex trafficking survivors to break free from scarcity, fear, and past traumas, and boldly create their own unique path to abundance through entrepreneurship. Buy your copy today. You're listening to Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast where we spotlight women who've gone from managing to mastering life's challenges and the badass practitioners that are changing the way we heal. I'm Dr. Sabrina Nicole, psychologist, coach, author, and speaker. But more importantly, I'm a woman who had my own journey to mastering chronic pain. You don't need to be stuck anymore. Fuck that. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited you're joining me today. Today's episode is all about rewriting your story, betting on yourself, defying expectation, and challenging norms and unlocking the cages that keep us trapped. My guest today is none other than my bestie, Christina Italic. She's an international speaker, host of the Bold Beyond podcast, which is fabulous. Y'all just need to know that. She's a founder and a licensed occupational therapist who's a living, breathing permission slip for clients who are brave enough to rewrite their story and create the life they crave. Christina has nearly 20 years of experience across corporate, clinical, entertainment, and entrepreneurial space, helping people to face their fears and bet on themselves. She's collaborated with organizations of all types and sizes, such as Facebook, iHeartMedia, SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, American Film Institute, Spotify, Georgetown University Hospital, and UCLA Medical. Christina's battle cry for women is to stop contorting yourself into a life three sizes too small and boldly go beyond the box. The status quo is broken. Women are not. Christina activates the leader inside every woman or anyone who's ever felt limited by a label. She empowers audiences worldwide to leap before they're ready take bigger risks, and ask for the whole damn cake. Welcome, Christina. I had to read it with like the, with the swag and everything that is you, like the fabulousness. I was like, oh no, I got to read this right. Okay. So, well, oh, it's just so good to be here. I finally have you on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have arrived. So let's get into this story because we all have our own personal story that inspires what we do. Every guest has had it, and I know you do too. So share a little bit about your experiences and what has led you to this space. <laughs> um, how long is your show? <laughs> First and foremost, it can be um, as long as you want it to be. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I have definitely been on the journey of a lifetime, as we all have. And, you know, what I <laughs> I have found is 
life, like we can, you know, the saying of life starts happening when you're planning or whatever that famous quote is. It's like life is busy happening while you're planning or whatever. I feel that is kind of been my life is like, I have been driven since I was born and I had been creating this path and saying yes to life. And I've always felt called to something greater and bigger to how I show up in the world, to how I create. And <laughs> and then life has a lots of curveballs and plot twists. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um and so I have had to learn how to navigate life's curveballs and plot twists. Yeah, as you're reading my background, I did go to school and you know, I went into healthcare and I went into this I guess path that was based on who I thought I should be or and also how to get out. I grew up in poverty and I grew up in West Virginia and you quickly learn that no one's coming to save you. And so when you learn that no one's coming to save you, you learn that you got to have your own back in one way or the other. So that has been my pretty much driving force of just being like breaking systems, defying expectations, breaking out of norms and labels because people love to slap a label on you. And we see the world through our own eyes. And so coming from rural West Virginia with the twang, there's stereotypes of that. And so really breaking free of the poverty, the mindset, the generational patterns, and being taken seriously when you look a certain way, you sound a certain way, and you have big dreams for yourself. I don't think you can get through those unless you are willing to show up for yourself and bet on yourself, (laughs) even in the hard times. And so I feel like my long story is that I have always been following what has felt like my North Star, and we only know what we know. And I wanted to break out of poverty. I wanted to break out of generational cycles. I wanted to break out of these norms. And I was into theater. I was music. I played 12 different instruments. I was just, that was my world. That's where I was going to go. I got a scholarship to study at NYU but it was a partial scholarship. I didn't get the full ride, but I got a full ride to study science and stay in state. So me being my 16, 17-year-old self, knowing that I have to get out of my dynamic, I have to get out of where I'm living and breaking those, I was like, let me go this path because it's the door that opened. And I'd never not chosen what I wanted, but I was like, well, this door's opening, take it. And so I did. And then lo and behold, I built a whole career um, in neuroscience, practicing as a therapist for many, many years practicing. And then I got to a place that it was sucking my soul. That's just the truth. I was giving everything to it and it wasn't giving back. (laughs) It was taking And that was probably, I mean, I've had many crossroads, many moments, but I would say that was a defining moment in the trajectory of my adult life of what path am I going to go now? Wow. I want to go back to something you said when you said you learned that no one is going to save you. 
I'm thinking about what that does to your your nervous system, you know, having that feeling of fight or flight, like it's always like all the time, you know, and it's kind of like we're raised with that because every generation, every generation wants the next one to do better. Every parent wants the kids to do better. And then there's all the expectations and shoulds. And we're just like, well, that's what I have to do in our heads to make it. But then we realize like, that's not everything. That's really based on their fear that they passed on. Yeah. And what they know, you know, like I can remember, I learned this later in life, but I remember learning that my dad didn't want me to go to college. It was too far out of the box of how I grew up. My dad was one of 16. Wow. Like 16 siblings. And, you know, as soon as you're old enough to work, you work. So he didn't even graduate, I think like the fifth or eighth grade. Like it wasn't, you just started working. And so me breaking out and, you know, in my family, kids, girls have children that like they're teens. Wow. I mean, it was a norm. That's the norm. And here I am, and I didn't, and I did go to school, and I did complete high school, and I did go to college. And so those were lots of firsts in my family. And so, and the survival, right? Like when you live, we talk about nervous systems. It's probably why I went, actually probably why I went into neuroscience, because I needed to learn how to regulate my nervous system. But it's getting to a point because when I talked about like the defining moment in my career, People ask me, like, what were you ignoring? How did you know? Because it was leading up to burnout. And it's what you just said. When you're wired since childhood that a certain way is just how life is, you don't really know that you're in survival. You Mm -hmm. are only living what you know. So when people often ask me, like, well, what were you ignoring? I wasn't. I was just doing what I thought life was like. I thought you had to work this hard. I thought you had to push beyond this. I thought you had to push yourself to extreme. That was just the norm. So it wasn't this thing of like, um, I knew something different and I kept choosing to do this. No, I was just doing me what I knew to do. And when your nervous system is wired in survival mode all the time, you're going to get burned out. Because it can only, you can't thrive there forever. Even as resilient, if you have a good, healthy constitution, if you change your environment, if you become like, you know, I had rewritten my story. Here I am in college doing really well, taking care of myself. But that is still there. That imprintation in the nervous system is still there. Exactly. It's kind of like we're groomed to just, you do to have, you know, and then, you know, you're lucky if you change paths and realize you need to start to be present and, you know, settle your body down. You're lucky if you get to that because everybody is raised the same way. You have to do this to have this and then you'll be okay. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. (laughs) You know, we kind of have to learn how to reverse things for ourselves. Going back to what you said about the labels, you know, people love labels. And in my profession, what do I do? I diagnose, I label. And I just had this conversation with some professionals, um, we were on a call. One person was like an occupational therapist and another person worked in like healthcare administration. And it's like, you can believe the diagnosis, but not the prognosis. Because the, the problem with the label is that it's attached to a whole set of emotions and all these things and hopelessness most of the time. And you don't see a way out. You know, we talked about the need to like take people past that. Yes, there may be the, you know, the diagnosis, but don't let that write your future for you. There's still 
a belief in possibility that there's healing, there's, you can feel better, you can find relief, you can improve. And that's what a lot of people don't consider, you know? They don't. And I actually, you know, speaking of labels and as what you do, that's what I did. You had to put labels on things, diagnosis on things. That's how you know to treat them. That's how you know how to move forward. And that system is broken because what has happened is we need like a system, right, for let's say reimbursement to code things to do all this and to know how to help people. Yet what's happened, I feel, and what I have found, and one of the biggest reasons why I left the profession in the traditional sense is because I feel like we piece people. We put these labels on them without looking at the whole picture. Where did they come from? What is their story? You know, I often saw so many times we see these behaviors present, right? And then all of a sudden we put these labels on them with actually not looking underneath that of being like, okay, they might be presenting a certain way, but that doesn't mean that's the truth of what's happening. And we never take that time. And in healthcare and in this world, we don't take time to actually look beneath the symptom of the behavior or whatever we're looking at, right? And so we just start picking apart people and things and diagnosing them and labeling them without actually looking at them as a whole individual and that this whole being has a story and it Mm. plays a part. And so when we start looking at that, I think that's also when as practitioners as well, we can start instilling hope again too. Because this is a piece of the puzzle. It's not the whole puzzle. Exactly. Like we're not just our bodies and we're not just a symptom. You know, we have minds, we have spirits, and they have power. Sometimes much more power than those symptoms suggest. That You know, those, those lists of things or those, those pains in the body. Like, no, people's spirits can be stronger than that if you empower them to believe that. Yes. Absolutely. And the wiring, right? Like there's wiring in our nervous systems. And that is what looking at, right? Like when we talk about healing and we talk about wanting to change our narratives, mindset is very powerful for sure. But if we're not looking at the regulation component, if we're not looking at the mind, body, spirit, if we're not looking how that person is connecting to their body, connecting to their life, how is there, it doesn't matter. That nervous system is always going to win because that's the brilliance of the nervous system. It knows what to do and it takes the path of least resistance to keep it going. And so creating new pathways and create, it takes a minute and it doesn't just happen because we think it. However, it can start there. That is for certain. Thinking is the first starting point to start laying down new tracks to rewiring the nervous system and helping us see that there's possibilities, see that there's another way. And that starts guiding us there. But if we're not doing the body stuff, if we're not regulating, if we're not checking out our spirits and doing the, it's going to go back because the nervous system wants the path of least resistance. Oh, sure. Sure. And that's, what's automatic. Like the harder part is the awareness Raising the consciousness, you know, realizing, okay, so that pain I feel is tension. You know, like being able to slow down enough to to realize that. Like, no, I don't need a pill. I just need to settle my body down or, you know, take a hot bath, something that's going to soothe it other than, you know, trying to medicate it. A hundred percent. And, you know, Dr. Sabrina, you just said something there that I think is so important is what I heard you when you just said all that was, you started identifying the sensations versus labeling the sensations as something. 
So oftentimes we'll feel tension, we'll feel tightness, and or we'll feel something in our stomachs and we're automatically, I'll have anxiety or it's this. We automatically put these labels on it without actually just identifying the sensations that we're feeling. And I think that too just starts opening up the world of possibility and it's connecting us to our bodies. It's how we can start rewiring it. It's how we can start building that tool chest of healing and what actually helps us, as you said, a bath to calm down, a hot bath is a cold shower, like all these different tools that start happening, but it happens too with the awareness in our nervous systems of not jumping to putting all these labels because talk about and I know like with you and the mindset and the when we start doing all that, we also start imprinting that all the time. So anytime we feel something, we've now, I have anxiety, I have this, I have this. I and that too is imprinting the nervous system. Exactly. For me, it used to be like, oh, I feel that I need to go to the doctor. I didn't need the doctor. You know, that wasn't the first step I should have taken. You know, the reality is about 90% of people that go to medical doctors are going for something, a symptom of underlying mental health conditions. So things that are stress related and it's having physical manifestations in the body, you know, whether it's, oh, I'm having issues with my stomach, going to the gastroenterologist. It starts up here, you know, in the brain, you know. Yeah, so much of it does, right? You know, I know when I said that that moment when I just, like I was leaving the career, you know, this has been over a decade now, maybe longer. I didn't know I was in burnout. And I did not have that word back then. That's a word now having hindsight that I'm putting that on there. But I just didn't know. And symptoms, my body was breaking down. My nervous system was getting like more sensitive and not in a healthy, sensitive way. And I was getting all these mystery symptoms and ailments. And I'm one of these who I'm proactive. And when, and my fatigue was getting so bad and I was, other things were happening. And so I was going to doctors and I also was taking matters in my own hands and nothing. And this was going on now for quite some time where I left the profession and I created my own business and it, and I was doing that and I had a team. And from time that I left, so let's say five years, the time that I left to building the business and running it, I was trying to figure out what was happening because I was that fatigue was getting that malaise that um, I was having these neurological symptoms. I did start having anxiety, which I had never had before. I did like all of these things that I started going to doctors. I was like, something is not right. I do not know what is happening. Mm. And they couldn't find it. But I was getting mm-hmm. sicker and things were happening and they could tell blood levels and things were happening, but they couldn't figure out what the heck. And they slapped every label under the sun on me, but they couldn't figure out how to stop it or to change it. I went to natural paths and, you know, I went to all these things and I did all the right things to do. Mm-hmm. And fast forward on that journey to give you the ending, it's that I had to realize that I had to surrender to Mm. accepting that this was my life and this moment. And for me, it was to stop fighting to try to find answers and step into this is just, it's not the life I signed up for. We're going to talk about plot twists and curveballs. 
this is not how I saw my life. This is not how I thought my life was going to end or even go. I was doing all the right things. I was being really healthy. I take care of myself. I do, you know, all that. And I think that's the lie. Do all the right things. Mm. And in the surrendering to this is my life and being like, I may die. I literally may die. And this is how it's going to go. What happened for me was the permission Mm. that like, this is the visual that I kept getting. I kept fighting because I just have that natural drive and ambition to like, I'm going to find this. I'm going to beat this. Like, right. Like I come out of, I grow up that way. Right. And you're getting mm-hmm. on this. And the, the moment was, I don't have a fight left in me. Like I felt mm. broken at this point. I have no fight left. And I just kept feeling like I was just keeping my head just above the water long enough to keep a tread. And then the moment that I surrendered and I just let myself sink, and that meant that this may be all there is for my life, that that meant that I was radically accepting what was happening as truth for now. Mm -hmm. It was like, and that I may die. And when I surrendered and gave up that level of fight, it's like the surrender piece that I think we people don't talk about, or when they hear surrender, it can seem cliche. It's like when you go to the bottom of the ocean, you don't know what's there, but you're just allowing yourself to succumb to like what is. And what I found at the bottom of the ocean was the oxygen mask <clears throat> that I couldn't have found fighting and staying above and trying to do the right things and do all the protocols and get – no. Because at the end of the day, what really needed to happen is me rewrite my story with myself, me to stop being at war with my body. Me to stop acting like illness or sickness is something wrong or bad. And it was to rewrite that whole story and narrative. And that it came to the place of like, if I was going to make it through, I was going to have to do it on my own terms and in my own way. And that meant I had to rewrite it. And that meant practitioners were not going to be the answer. And me governing and finding power and the strength in myself and listening which I think is something we don't do enough of too. And we don't even know really how to listen to our bodies and to our intuition and the wisdom that lives in there. And then that is when it started shifting for me. It's like those whispers. We start listening to the whispers. Then all of a sudden one day you're like, they keep coming. So Mm. they keep coming. You're not dead. So what if I just trust those whispers? Because nothing else is working. What do I have to lose? Really? Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, surrendering, not being like giving up, but just letting go of all those expectations, you know, of how things should be. And then at some point being okay with just not knowing, which is like not It's terrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah, exactly. You don't know it all. You know, no matter how much training you have in a particular area, you don't know everything there is to know, you know, and you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Uh And that's the hard part. I mean, truly, that is the terror. Like, you just don't know and you have to be okay with not knowing, which means you're swimming in this. This is metaphorical and energetic, but you're swimming in this abyss that you have no idea. You don't Mm. know what's on the other side and you're just trusting life. You're just trusting something far greater than yourself. You're also trusting your connection to something far greater. And that this, for me, this whisper that was inside, this wisdom that kept coming through, that it knew something that I did not. And I just had to start trusting it, you know, like. Yes. 
Yeah, I think, you know, we spend so much time being busy, filling our heads with noise all the time. We never get to hear the hear our intuition. We never get to hear that inner voice loud enough. You know, we try to drown it out, turn up the volume on the radio, always putting in something, television, li- you know, always listen instead of just sitting and listening, you know, and paying attention. Right. And then talk about nervous systems. Often we're so wired and we're so inundated with so much that sitting still actually feels like a threat to our nervous systems. We'll have all this like stirring up anxious feeling like, and we're like, that does not feel good. We don't want to do it, but actually we have to sit through it. And like, exactly. That part, yeah. That so part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that part. That's the same thing. When I first started meditating, my skin was itching. I was having all these weird, like, because my body was like, chick, we don't have time for this shit. Go put on some music or something. Why are you trying to sit here? Because my skin was itching and, you know, I was feeling hot and I was like, oh, so uncomfortable. And then I'm asking in, in my meditation group, does anybody have these little, they were like, keep going. You got to push past that. Don't let that, That's what, those are distractions. I said, oh. So once I knew that, they went away like that. Went away just like that. Nauseous. I was felt like I was, I thought I was gonna vomit, like all these weird symptoms. And all I was doing was sitting, trying to settle my body and meditate. Right. That's the part that I say, like the nervous system always wins. That dysregulation until like what you talk about, when you have the awareness, that's when the positive thinking, that's when that insight, the brain, we can start training and rewriting. But it became with the awareness. And also just knowing how powerful our bodies and our nervous system are. So if they're dysregulated, they are going to wreak havoc. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And you just got to keep going. You got to keep trying. You can't let it win or else you'll just return back to your previous state. You know, the only way to change is to kind of go through the fire, you know, like sit through it. Like the reality was I wasn't going to die. I wasn't going to have a heart attack. Okay. My skin was a little itchy. Like it's really okay to just sit. And just let it take its run its course, you know. A hundred percent. I call it initiation by fire. That's what mm-hmm. it is. It's initiation by fire. Yeah, that baptism, <laughs> baptism by fire. Yeah, <laughs> baptism by fire. That is what it is. <laughs> you better have your big girl panties on for it all. <laughs> okay, but what was on the other side once I broke through? Like amazing downloads, synchronicities, like. After that breakthrough, I had all kinds of things I, I felt never felt in my body before happen. And I'm like, I know that I'm on the right track. I knew I was on the right track. Yeah. That part when we get to the other side of it, but you can't get Woo! to the other side unless you go through it. Exactly. Yeah. There's no way around it. There's no shortcuts. No, no. You're going right through it. So literally just, Yeah. And I think that's the part too, like with your work and what we're taught is also how important regulating the nervous system, you know, because I think sometimes it can feel so much like a threat. We do feel like we're going to die. Mm-hmm. And then when you describe like what happens, people are like, oh, that's weird. Like, I don't want to feel that. But I'm like, mm, it's okay. They're like, I don't know about that stuff that you do, that meditation stuff. No, but yeah, but right. It's like calming. Like now... I remember when I first started meditating, which was like back in 2014. I remember it was February. I was like, I'm going to meditate. I used to set my timer for 10 minutes. 
because I was like, let's see if I can do 10 minutes. It took me a bit to get there. Do not get me wrong. But then there was a point I just kept doing every day. I made this day that for one full year, I was going to meditate every day. And truly what happened was, I mean, my whole trajectory of my life changed after it because mm. so much needed to come undone. So much was revealed. Like it is, it's confronting because you can't escape yourself when we love to escape ourselves. And when you're in that place, you can't, you just can't escape it because it's like right here and you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you just kind of sit through it. And then though now it's like, I know when I haven't meditated because of how dysregulated I feel, how like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, no, I need to sit. I need to like bring it down, like calm the nervous system. And now it's like, I don't know what to do without it. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes when I lay down, I feel my whole body like, I feel it regulating. I feel like everything like twitching and I'm like, oh, I needed to lay still. Yeah. There's power, 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 power and stillness. We don't give it enough credit, especially in our culture. It's like to do. And the more we keep in motion, that makes us, and I put in quotes, feel like we're doing something, feel like we're healing, feel like we're moving forward. And the hard part is going against that grain and actually sitting still. And we don't know how long that requires of us, but just slowing down and being in stillness. Yeah. We may not have a greater challenge in the modern world. Exactly. Exactly. So tell me about your podcast. I've listened to a few episodes. I'm definitely so fucking excited. I was like, oh my gosh. So tell me about the new podcast. It's my podcast. Yes. So my podcast is Bold Beyond and (laughs) uh, it kind of came from another turning point in my life. And it was about a year ago where I had realized that I had built my entire life and career Mind you, I just told you how many times I've shifted and recreated and redirected my life. So needless to say, my mass, like my big surprise when in October of 2022, I had the realization, painful realization, like an earthquake went out from my body, that I had built an entire life and career on a trauma response. Mm-hmm. And I had to look at that and confront that I did build a life based on projections of others, based Mm -hmm. on expectations for myself, based on proving myself. And it was a really harsh, hard realization because I, again, I did all the right things. I put that in quotes because the right thing for me was always being the creator of my life, right? Always taking ownership, taking responsibility, moving forward. So to have the realization that here I am doing all the things that I feel are truthful, to feel that my whole foundation that I've built an existence on and a life and a successful career on is a trauma response. Mm. It was crumbling. I, I didn't. I it would it shook me. It shook me to my core. And from that moment, I was like, I don't know who I am without this trauma mm. response because it was so, it's been so ingrained in who I am and what I've created and the lens that I've looked through life 
that I need to radically rewrite my life story. And I don't know what that is yet because I have to get out of this lens that I looked at my life and I don't know how to do that yet. And mm. so the next whole year, all of the following year, I was just getting still, being quiet, listening, meeting myself. I felt like for the first time and questioning every decision that I made because I'm like, is this an old pattern? Or is this like truthful? Like, am I doing this because it's just wired in me? And then it came in October, or excuse me, February of 2023. And I was having my own, on top of this identity crisis that I'm having, the world too was just kind of getting back after COVID. And I've been an entrepreneur for so long and I lived in Los Angeles. And so I would go out to be in community at third spaces, I call them, or like collaborative spaces. So you're around people. But it was so different. And so the isolation was setting in. I felt like my tribe was shifting. I was like felt very unsupported and didn't really people to talk to about it. So I kind of hit the road for a while and decided that I was like, I have no idea what's next. Let me see. I think another part that was going with is like there was there's so much discord happening in the world, and there was so much like pent up against and divisiveness that I was like, is it really that? Or are we just being sold that? And I started what I called the curiosity experiment. And I was like, I'm just going to talk to people. Let's just see what they have to say. And I just genuinely started getting curious about people. So if I was uh, like a road stop, if I was driving at a restaurant, it didn't matter. I would stop and talk to whoever would talk to me. And I would just ask them genuine, curious questions about them. And what had happened was, a first and foremost, I was doing it because I needed to connect with people because I was having my own identity crisis. I was also feeling so alone and isolated. And I was like, wonder what people are doing and going through. And then what happened from that blew me away because as much as I was receiving connection and meaningful conversation, which I've been craving, I'm also seeing that these people and their sharing of like, how it was changing their lives about like, mm. nobody asks you that. Nobody cares about you. Nobody wants to get to know. Nobody takes time. And I was like, whoa. And then they start sharing the same, a lot of the same things. So many people, no matter what age, isolated, feeling alone, uncertain of what's going on. And it just became these really beautiful moments of depth, of connection, of humanity that I was like, Wow. And breaking beyond these labels, talking about labels, like I was going beyond that. Like, can we find commonality? Can we find mm. these places of truth? Can we find these places of compassion and understanding? Can we find, even if we're living different worlds and have different views, can we find that thing that's like, oh yeah, I bleed, you bleed. You know, like my heart hurts, your heart hurts, like all of that. And so yeah, listening to their stories. So people started asking me like, you need to do something with this. And I did not know what it was. And because I am like deconditioning from this response that I have, I did not rush in to make it anything. I just allowed it to naturally inform. And I would say six months later, people are like, I was talking like, I, I thought, I actually thought I might be making like a documentary. 
And they're like, you need to make a podcast. And I was like, really? And so I just started, I was like, okay, if I would do a podcast, what would it be? And then it just became clear to me is I wanted to create these really deep, rich, meaningful conversations. This thing that I had created on the road to strangers, I wanted to create it for more people to hear. And on top of that, what I have learned in my life is most people don't change and reinvent themselves or follow the path that is true for them. Often because of, I would say three and two of the biggest reasons of those three is knowing if they can or knowing how. So accessibility to others who are doing it, even knowing it. And then I would say being surrounded by people, like that conversation or people that are doing it. And so I was like, but what if these conversations that I have get to be open to others? And so I was like, okay, we're getting there. And now I have this podcast where I'm talking to people who are bold beyond. They're rewriting their stories. They're shifting their narratives. They're coming in and they're like, yeah, let's do life differently. Because I knew when I was sick, I knew when I left my career, I knew when I was at the top of my career, I was looking for people 10 steps ahead of me just to be like, I got you. Like, anything. When I was sick, I was looking for different narratives to how to navigate it, how to connect with myself. But it was still so much duality in the conversation. And so we have this podcast now where these incredible conversations happen and women share their stories of how they are defying expectation, how they are writing their own rules and doing it and they're breaking out. So they're very unconventional conversations. And so now now you have it. It is bold beyond. It is birthed in the baby in the world. Amazing. Amazing. Two things. One, I love the idea and people need to listen to me to know that it's okay to course correct at any time. So if you on one path, you shift, you're, you're not happy, something's not settled in your spirit, you can shift again. It's okay. There's no timeline on this. You know, you kind of just have to, you just have to see where it's going to go. Yeah. You just have to be brave enough to be like, you know what? This is not for me. I'm going to do something else. And I love the idea of this curiosity experiment. I don't know if you listened to the episode with Dr. Ken Harris. He talks about synchronicities and he's a talker. They'll meet people. They'll have a conversation. All of a sudden realize there's some connection. Just unreal. Unreal. And that's so powerful. And we don't, we don't do it enough. We don't really stop to get to know the other person. Right. And listen, because people have stories, right? I think one of the things for me when I was going through my identity crisis was like, how did I get here? And who do I need to be now? And I think so often as we're always living our journeys, but I think so many of us are questioning of like, who am I? Who do I need to be? And what got me here? And those stories, they're our texture. They're like who we are and we all have them. But we just don't talk about them. We're just so busy that this doing, that's why I say that's doing, it just keeps us distracted from being like human to human. Like I may see the world differently. And that's what this is all about is these different perspectives, these out of the box, unconventional perspectives of how to navigate life, how to navigate business, how to navigate health, how to connect with our bodies, like all of the things out here that we need to survive that we might be looking for a different conversation around it. 
and just listening to people and their stories. And we're like, oh yeah, if she can do it, I can do it. You know, and giving that exactly piece. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is amazing. And just so the listeners know, like Christina was in California. Then one day I see her with this coat on and the wind, she looks like she's freezing. I'm like, where did she, why would she leave California? But now I understand. <laughs> I'm like, why would she leave the warm weather to put on a coat? She looks like she's freezing. Where in the world is Christina? Why is she there? Listen, now I understand. Nobody goes to, I was like the Arctic <laughs> blizzard. Nobody goes unless you're like, why am I here? Why am I leaving my sunny, warm place? No one does that. It's sure crazy. And actually, like, you feel like, oh, God, okay, I have to do this. But you're like, dang, really? I mean, I think that's the part of answering the call, right? It's not yeah. always on my timing and where I'm going to go. Exactly. But I love the adventurous spirit. I do. I was like, oh, she's adventurous. She just said, oh, no, it's time to pivot. And this is where I am. Let me just bundle up. <laughs> Listen, buck, I say this all the time. Buckle up. We're in for a ride because I don't know where it's going or what it's doing. But I'm like, OK. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we need to find the joy in that. You know, we got to find the joy in that. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, that is why it's like, okay, when you get called to go somewhere, it is like we don't have to take life so seriously. Even the curveballs, the plot twists, the uncomfortable, and the mm-hmm. fires. Like, okay, yeah. I feel like I've been in them so many. Now I can find the joy. The first is like the shock and the pain. You're like, wait, what? And now I'm like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. this is apparently what I'm doing this lifetime. So I know I'll get through it. <laughs> Let me find the fun in it. Wow. So, I mean, you talked about like kind of breaking generational patterns and kind of being the first in your family to do things. Like, did you have any mentors, any sources of inspiration, guidance and encouragement along the way? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I think there's been lots. I would say nobody mainstream, but people that I met along the way. I, Mm -hmm. from growing up and... I've always been an observer. So even growing up, one of the biggest reasons why I knew that life didn't have to be the way that I was living is because I saw other examples from people at my church, from friends at school. I would go to their house and I'm like, wait, it's very different. Mm -hmm. And I never looked at it as in like, I always looked at it as like, wow, if they could get it, I could have it. Like I've never felt that separation that I can't have it because I am who the world says I am. I was that way in school. I would surround myself with people who were different than me and had something that I was intrigued by or curious because I wanted to learn. And I remember even in college, I would go to the coffee shop and work because I loved listening to the people around me talk about their businesses, their what they were doing. I just was like, oh. So I've always kind of been that person who looked outside. And so those gentlemen and at the coffee shop were, the people at church were. I would find inspiration and anything intriguing or different than how I was living anywhere I could find it all the time. There's like, I, it was just part, I truly believe, and I would say states and like location because I've lived so, because I created a career that I could travel. And so I w- I've lived in like 20 of the different states, maybe 18 maybe a little more. 
And so you get to like, Jerry and I got to experience new people and new conversations and new ways of being. And so all of them have played a role into who I am and what I've allowed myself to experience. But I think it started with just being curious about what's possible and never wanting to be defined by an experience or a label or this or the way I grew up. Like I never wanted to be defined by that. Mm. Wow. Those are some great tips. What other advice would you give to listeners? I love the idea of just going to a coffee shop or if you can't afford to travel far away, just going to a different neighborhood and exploring there. But what advice would you give to the listener who's struggling and, you know, they're looking for different ways to kind of push through to the other side? So I think a couple of things that I, I strongly believe in, especially when we're struggling, is I'm an introspective person. And so I go inward and I start looking at what am I craving, what am I needing, or what am I missing? And oftentimes that can feel to some people like either jealousy or envy or I'm missing out. But when we start getting curious about those, they start telling us parts about ourselves. And those experiences can unlock things for us. So for me, I look at when I'm struggling, I'm like, what, what's happening for me? So am I feeling isolated? Am I feeling uncertain about myself, my life? I don't know. I'm uncomfortable. I'm agitated. Then I'm like, well, what do I, like, if I'm looking for outside, how can I start embodying that now? What do I need to do for myself? Do I need to sit in silence and nurture myself? Do I need to give myself permission to have more grace? So it's really looking at what we're going through with curiosity and openness and a lot of grace. And then I think the other part is, yeah, the grace part is so important, especially in the unknown and the uncharted. This is the thing where I have found in my life that's so uncomfortable. Most people don't go there because it is so hard because you're not who you used to be and you're not quite who you want to be. So you're in this liminal space and this in-between and it can be really hard because you're kind of growing. Sometimes you can outgrow your friends, you can outgrow your social circle. So it can feel really alone and isolating. And so it's really starting to cultivate that curiosity, but cultivating that reverence for self and your own journey. That's the other piece. Because we often want to compare ourselves. Like I can give an example now of in my life, right? I had this identity crisis. I could have started going, well, I can't do this now because I'm this old and I should be doing this and I need to have this much and I'm rewriting my story and I sh- that doesn't smell like a smart business decision and I'm closing this business to start... Like all of those things because of my age, because of where I live, it can start that rhetoric, that story can start playing out. But if I can silence that, if I can stop listening to the society and I can stop listening to what everyone thinks I should be doing or this idea of what I should be doing at my age or in my circumstances and tuning inward and trusting that my path is my path. It's nobody else's. And I would say the third thing is really trying to find if you're 
struggling and there's something that brings you joy or that you want to explore or that the agitation that you want to express, if it's a writing class, if it's horseback riding, if it's hiking, if it's like, go do it because you're fine people there. And that can open up new doors because I think the other part people don't change is because they may not have people on the other side of who they're becoming. And they're often going to leave the people behind. And that's terrifying. And so if we start doing things that bring us joy, then it's also bringing new energy into us that allows us to start saying, okay, I can navigate this uncharted territories. I can do this really hard thing. I can be really uncomfortable because I'm starting to take bet on myself and I'm starting to show up for myself and starting to step in and giving myself what I need without worrying about what's around us and calling in that new energy to support us as we transition to who we're becoming. Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Go inward. Ask yourself, what am I craving? I love that question. And asking, what can, how can I embody this now? Cultivating curiosity. I love the idea of reverence for self because we don't give ourselves enough attention and grace. And so beautiful. And if there's something you want to explore, just go do that shit, Christina said. Just go do it. Go do it. Just go do it. Just go do it. There's no need to sit and think. You want to try something new? Go do it. Go do it. I love that. <sighs> Anything else you'd like to share with the listeners? Current business no, no, I project that, that you're working Just go on? do it. Oh, that's it? That's going to be the finale? Just go do it? Okay. Right. I think that's the piece. Trust yourselves and just go do it because our journey is our journey and it's nobody else's. That is just the truth. All right. That's the final word there. Thank you, Christina, for joining me. Thank you for having me. So the listener, that's it for today's episode. Please write us a review or share this episode with a friend. We'd love to hear from you. And Christina's contact information will be in the show notes. Thanks so much for tuning into Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast. Be sure to check out the show's notes for this episode on www.drsabrinanicole.com and follow us on social media. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. We'll be back next week with more. See you then.